Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. Spring will be here soon, so if buying a new home is on your to-do list, right now is the time to call Quicken Loans. Learn about which mortgage options make sense for you and get a jump on your competition. With our exclusive Rate Shield approval, the low rate you lock today is protected for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. With a rate shield approval, if rates go up, your low rate stays locked. But if rates go down, you get that new, even lower rate. Either way, you win. Talk to us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com to take advantage. Here's another great reason to work with us. For a record nine years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. Again, to lock in today's low mortgage interest rate and get the security of our exclusive rate shield approval, call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Hi, welcome to this Subway ad for the new Sesame Ginger Glaze Chicken Signature Wrap. How would you like it? I'll take a... Sports announcer at home? Yeah, how'd you... We just know. My wife picks up the new signature wrap. It's got double the rotisserie-style chicken mixed with a sesame ginger glaze. She appears annoyed at me, but she shrugs it off. Those sweet and savory flavors are calling her name. She lifts the wrap and... She takes the bite! Incredible! And now she's closing the door on my... Subway, make it what you want. Limited time only at participating restaurants. Double meat based on average six-inch sub. I'm Little Teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spout. No, Dad, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over and pour me out. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. everybody it is monday uh june 29th 2020 you are listening to for immediate release 
I'm Bill O'Reilly, and I'm here with my co-host, Liz Feld. Hope you guys are all are well and are preparing for a, a wonderful Fourth of July weekend. Liz, you, you have any plans for the for the weekend? Uh, I, you know, I was just actually at Stop and Shop this morning looking to get some plants because I've killed all the ones I've got. And I saw these great red, white, and blue buckets out front. And I, that stuff makes me so excited. I love all the tchotchke stuff for July. I'll take any red, white, and blue anything. And we can still put the American flag up, right? That's all fine? Well, I am. I, I have every possible opportunity to s- jump up and down and scream, I love America. I do it. I love it. Fantastic. Can you? And by the way, I just learned that it's Friday that we have off. I'm sure the rest of the country knew that, but I did not. And so I checked. I wasn't sure whether whether the holiday would be Friday or Monday. Whether well, this Friday. Such an unusual year. We've said this every week for the last five months, but it's so disorienting, you know, being frankly, sort of in lockdown for so long. What what season is it? What date is it? What month is it? Um yeah. specifically when we start to have the date, it's really tough. It's really tough. <laughs> I kind of wish we were off right this moment, you know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But- but I, but I do. It is a, it is a good reminder. I've got. I have. A, I have. A, I always had a flag on my house, and the wind would just rip it off. It just would tear the wood out of the house. And um, I, I've gone through about three different, probably maybe like five different flags, and all of them would do it. But I, I'll get some little ones for, uh, for this weekend. So I wonder what, um, how many villages across the country are, are going to be allowed to hold July Fourth celebrations or parades? I mean, there's been a fireworks outbreak all over the northeast we can talk about that in a minute but i do wonder what kinds of uh you know public activities will be held in you know village parks and stuff it's a it's a really good question and when you look at the map of the country i mean it's almost reverse of what it was three months ago where the the northeast is 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 enjoying decent times and we'll see how long that lasts but right other parts of the country i can't see how they do it like you know texas florida arizona and and other spots that's going to be that's going to be tricky, don't you think? Very tricky. It's going to be very tricky. I, I think in Boston, the Boston Pops are, are, are still planning to do, you know, their annual night out on the bench, the hatch bench shell along Charles River, which is- That's on the water, right. right. Exactly. It's yeah. televised. It used to be televised nationally. I don't know if they're doing that anymore, but I, I, I would suspect they're not going to allow any crowds there. I was up in Boston Saturday and it's just deserted completely. Yeah. And, and maybe, I mean, maybe people just spread out a little bit, but the problem is that you don't. You know what I mean? You plan to spread out. It it just doesn't happen. I went to a, to a reunion party for my daughter's camp on, on Friday night. And uh, was that Friday night or was it Saturday night? And um, you go in and, you know, everybody has masks on because you go in into someone's house and then we went outdoors and then you start to, you, 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 you do the distancing and then you take the mask off and then you find yourself just edging towards people because it's the natural inclination. And it's, it's just, it's, it's really hard to do. It's really hard to stay to stay um, vigilant 100% of the time. Well, so then I guess that raises the bigger conversation that's going on in a lot of places, which is, are we going to get used to these masks um, and just wear them forever and more? I mean, even some towns people will, but the, you know, just sort of as a culture, or the minute we're technically allowed to go mask-free, will we just all throw them away and pray we never have to wear them again? Now, I, I, think we, really I think we throw them away. Them. What are you thinking? I do too. I, I find it very hard to get used to. And I, I think I, I respect exactly why we're wearing them, as, as do you. But I don't know long term if this is the way to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, you know, and I, you never want to jinx it, but if a if a um, antidote does come along, a vaccine, then I, yeah, I think I, that's it for me anyway. I'm, I'm throwing the thing off um, just because my breath is that bad. I, I just can't bear it. 
I, I can't stay in my little bubble. It's no, and you can't drink your coffee very efficiently or effectively with it either. Right, exactly. I, I remember reading some of the stories about the the bar. The you know the bars have or been shut down or been spaced out or you know the tables and stuff. But there's been that big push in Texas and Florida, and people say, "How do you drink with a mask on?" It's a good question. You know, do they you cut a straw through the through the middle? I mean, maybe that's what people are doing. Um, what do you think about the debate underway right now? For you know, if, if Nancy Pelosi launched this salvo over the weekend um, for federal mask, you know, or federal law requiring masks. I, you know, I, I tend, I, I tend to be, you know, more of a states guy first of all, or a local person. Um, uh, it's a good question. I would probably, I would probably go against that and go for you know, persuasion, you know, public education and pushing that kind of thing. Um, you're just not going to be able to enforce that. I mean, are police officers really going to go and arrest people or ticket people for no mask? I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe they do, but I don't think so. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of, of unenforceable laws or do you think we need to do it? I mean, I do think, I do think that there's a right in a pandemic to do that kind of thing. I think there's such a thing as a national emergency and there's a, you know, the social contract, you know, requires you to do, to do what's good for everybody, but I'm not sure if I like the idea of a federal of a federal thing. I'm trying to think if there's been any other um, example of this. Funny. Well, like 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 blackouts during the war, you know, during the Second World War. Right. Okay, that's pretty. You know, you know, lights going out. You you know, I'm not sure if you were fined at that point. I think you probably were. I'm guessing. I think I, I think you were. Um, but you had to have you know lights out if you were along the the seaboard. Um, but there are you know. And, and I don't know about the, the the Spanish flu of 1918, but you would think that common sense would prevail, but it, it doesn't. It, I mean, it's so to me, it's so silly that um, I know we're on the Republican side of things, but I, I think it's so silly that the masks have become politicized. I think it's ridiculous. Well, it is ridiculous, and I guess if, if you were going to be uh, philosophical about it, you'd say it's really about the principle of individual freedom. Is that right. what we're debating here between the two sides? Is that the partisan piece here? I don't know. I saw Dick Cheney was out with his mask the other day, and a lot of Republicans were saying, see, you should wear a mask. Um, I don't know. I, I Obviously, this is about the example being set by the White House that's being criticized. Yeah, but I think for individual freedoms, like, for example, speeding laws, you know, that's where the social contract comes into into effect, where, right. where you know, you have, you know, 65 or 55 or whatever it is. And the reason are the speeding laws is you if you if you did whatever you wanted and you went 120 miles an hour, people would die. You know, other people. Well, you know, you and I have talked about this. I'll take small. Even though I speed, yeah. Even a better example here. You know why? If you're talking about what your behavior influences and and actually threatens the guy sitting next to you somewhere, right? So you don't have a mask on. He does. He's trying to protect himself. You're not helping. Why are you allowed to smoke outside on the street? It seems to me we could go start going down this whole list, which is deadly, right? Secondhand smoke is deadly. We could go down a whole list of circumstances or examples where um, there's no federal law or mandate against something. Look, we learned with vaccines, right? The vaccine, even just whether or not long before coronavirus, this whole um, notion that, you know, states should not be allowed to, you know, um, mandate vaccines. There are plenty of parents who don't want to who don't want to give their kids vaccines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is On he, that, I've always been you. You don't have to give them vaccines, but then you know the the public school system has a right not to let you in. You that's know, right? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. right. It's you know it, it's tricky. We seem to be fighting over things like. I was thinking this morning, Liz, about like, is this country built on stone or is it built on sand? 
Mm. And like with all, with all these debates going on, on the, you know, on the, um, you know, like Charles Blow at the New York Times, you know, doing the, going after Washington today and all the statue stuff and everything. It's like, I was under the impression that we were built on rock and the rock was the constitution. And, um, and it's like, you know, there are a lot of people trying to ch- chip away at it or, or, or seem to think that, that there's no firm foundation. And I, I disagree with them. Well, you know, I've always felt that, and this can happen at a very micro level in your own household or at the federal level when you're talking about a national emergency, that people focus on these things when they can't fix the big problems or the real problems. Yeah. They focus on this other stuff. So let's tear down the statue because we can't figure out how to, what, redo all of our infrastructure. We can't figure out what the balance is around individual freedoms. We can't solve the police brutality issue. So let's tear everything. That, that, that's what this to me is. It's a lot of the misplaced, and I, I don't want to say misguided, but it's misplaced right. uh, rage and focus and emphasis because we're not dealing with the real things. We haven't fixed the education system. We could go, look, we haven't fixed, fixed the national debt. We haven't fixed, you know, uh, systemic racism. We haven't fixed, and on and on. So here we go. Let's get to all this other stuff, fighting over the masks. Fighting over I think that's exactly right. Like in a household, you know what I mean? It's, you know, you, you blow up over the spoon. You put the spoon in the wrong place yep. where, you know, the marriage has been on the rocks for years. Yes. You know, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. The only thing is, that the, the, I mean, the, the left is never sated. You know, they, they're just, they go from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And I, I've always, like, what do you want in the end? You know what I mean? Is like, you know, I always assume it's, it's socialism or something like that until they get it. And then you don't want that anymore. But it's like, I just don't know what, and everything, and, and you know, you're right though, Liz, it's the symbols everybody's going after and they're misidentifying symbols, obviously going right. after Grant and after, you know, George and Washington. after a- a- abolitionists. And, I, mean, Please. I mean, give me a break. Did you see, by the way, the um, Cardinal Dolan from uh, the Archbishop of New York had a piece in the Wall Street Journal yesterday saying that, you know, even the Bible is filled with imperfect people, you know, um, it was very good. I'll send it no, to you if you, if you, um, if you didn't see it, it was a very good thing. It was like, you know, Mary Magdalene or, you know, everybody, no, nobody's ever been perfect. You know what I mean? You, you know, you don't tear down people because they're not perfect because you're going to find flaws in everybody. Well, That's the whole human condition. I can't figure out why you have to erase all of your history. I mean, the reason we have the African-American Museum in Washington, which is spectacular. I don't know if you've been there. I have, yeah. There, and there, that is the most graphic, painful reminder of, you know, 300 years of bad, bad policy, bad, just, you know, just the inhumanity of slavery. And then and it goes beyond slavery. Why would we even build that museum if what we're doing now is tearing down the, the statues of people? Any reminder of it. Right. right. So, this, so this is not a principled thing in my view. It's, I mean, it sounds so cynical, but it's just not principled. Yeah, yeah. Your question is such a good one, Billy, or, or the way you phrase it, is it, is it, are we built on sand or stone? You know, these the people who are tearing down these statues, um, what are they building to replace it? What what are they building to? Where are we headed? Is just out an you know once every year or two we're going to change the way we do everything in America? Is that really what this agenda is all about? I, they I could never agree on, on on they could never agree on a platform. It's just I mean it's 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 a classic it's the classic thing on the left. I mean, all these revolutions and the communes and the rest of it, it's the, there's never any agreement and they always burn out. It's like the new math, right? Every year. Yeah, it's like the new math. math. But two plus two still equals four. And I think you and I actually had a 
pretty strong math curriculum when we were growing up, but what's every, there's always something new that's going to be a little better, newfangled, new this, new that. And um, when you're talking about stuff like this, I will tell you, I am shocked and outraged that there aren't more Republicans and conservatives standing up in defense of um, basically our history, but in defense of um, these statues. And what they represent. I saw a fabulous video that Rick Scott put out the other day. You know, he's about a minute or a minute and a half just saying enough is enough. We, yeah, yeah. This is – but I feel like – Oh, I, I did see I, that. That was very good. I, yeah, that was very, very good. I'm very pleased to see the president's executive order on this um, saying it's a crime to – Me too. Yep. Right? Desecrate a federal statute. But w- where is everyone hiding? Yeah, I, think, I, I mean I think just everybody's afraid of, of popping their head up. You know the thing that the thing that kind of bothers me, and this has been going on for a while in in New York and around the country, coming from the left. And I'm not trying to sound like you know like overly you know political here, but it is it has come from the left. Like you know c- coming from New York City, and you've spent much of your life in New York City as I have, and or anyone who's living in cities around the country, I, I've always found it amazing that you have all these people of different cultures living next to each other, and all the disputes of the past are left behind. To me, that's just the most amazing thing about the country that you could have, you know, you have um, Irish Protestants and Irish Catholics and you have um, Pakistanis and Indians and and you have, um, I mean, you know, people from, you know, Asidum next to black communities and like you you have all, all these, not that there was a historical issue there, but but you have so many cultures together and it's, it all gets put aside to go under one flag and it, it just kind of worked. You know, it's that, it's not the, it's the, it's. It's not quite the melting pot, which I really enjoy also because you get, you know, you get a better culture, a stronger culture. You certainly get better food, but, um, <laughs> but it, but it's that, you know, it's that, it's that, you know, we, you start afresh when you become an American and, and I, I I've, you know, for electoral reasons, I've really grimaced as the Republican, as the Democratic Party has begun to, to, to exacerbate those, um, fractures or to try to create fractures. Based on sex, gender, you know, religion, you know, ethnic backgrounds, and to some extent, the Republicans are falling into that trap too because it's a powerful tool. But um, it's that—that's where I worry about the sand versus stone. Like to me, it's stone, and 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 the, the stone is built, it you know, constitution, but in part on that melting pot theory or on that leave it all, you know, leave it all overseas. And that they seem to be chipping away at that, and that that's worrisome to me, big time. Well, I guess to support what you're saying, there uh, you look at in so many of these Democratic primaries over the last couple of weeks, all the progressive candidates are winning. Yeah, and even the, the even the centrist Democrats are losing. And your point about history and stone, uh, <laughs> um, it's, it's exactly right. There, that's not even good. The, the centrists aren't even good enough for the for the folks who are out there. Um, screaming that everything we've done we should be ashamed of and everyone needs a special circumstance and every, like you said, every faction or every, uh, we could slice and dice our heritages and our genders or anything else and everyone should will be, you know, get some sort of special, I don't know what it is, treatment? There's, right. Yeah, it's wrong. Like, am I, am I, like, am I going to go, am I going to go down to the, to the, Eng- the British embassy in New York and burn the flag over o- Oliver Cromwell? You know? You better not. You just don't do it. You better not. <laughs> No. Don't do it. Don't do it, Bill. Yeah. But you know, you you just don't even think that way. You no, know what I mean? No. You're not supposed. I mean, you didn't used to think that way, and I think most people don't. Well, you I mean, know, it's what a, interesting. I'm just thinking back to when Nike came out with the Betsy Ross sneakers. That that drove me crazy? mad. And then they yanked them after a, an hour of you know complaints and criticism. Was that the beginning of the end? Here is that 
should we go back to that date? Is it as obviously as a defining moment in our history? Well, that that may be so mad because you let somebody appropriate the flag. You know, you have the Betsy Ross flag, which is which to me is a gr- a great symbol. It's a beautiful American thing, and you know, was it, America wasn't perfect back then, but that wasn't the point. The point was that there was a, a few people on the crazy right that that you know that that had the flag at their rally. So now it belongs to them. So you got to get rid of the Betsy Ross flag. I mean, it's like, did you really just hand over 244 years of American history to like seven people that are running around the woods with sheets on? Like, no, you know, that's just that's the sorry. But you you mentioned something really interesting, Liz, and, and you're right about the about about Democrats going down the the moderates. I mean. I think we're beginning to see, or we've we've been watching it, a purge of the Democratic Party, and you have, you know, a lot of you know moderate Democrats have been petting that crocodile for you know a long time now, and the crocodile will devour them. Well, you know, it's interesting, and, and you know, it's such an underreported story. Put aside the Republicans and then where you know where they're hiding and um, Trump's poll numbers right now, and you know what the agenda that he's going to have to put together to um, to get reelected. The story really here is that the Democratic Party is dead. The old Democratic Party is as, almost as dead as the Republican Party seems to be. Yeah, it's almost unrecognizable, you know. And it, yeah. it bounced back a little bit after 1968. Like it had gone down this path before, and it got saved. You know, the grown-ups in the party took it back. I, mean, I was never one of the Democrats, and I always thought even I even I thought the moderates were too liberal, but they but they righted the ship, and now it's forget it. You know, I mean, just forget it. What do you think about the debate right now um, for statehood for the District of Columbia? I'm totally against it. It's like read the read. I mean, there was a reason. There was a reason why it's. I mean, it was expressly not to be a state. That's right. It was. I mean, it was, it was created that way. It was neutral. Neutral place, exactly. To right. Government. And if you really want a federal representative, go move to Maryland or Virginia yep. or anywhere else you want. There's, there's, you know, there's 50 out there. You can take your choice. I mean, I think it's a ridic- It's a ridiculous argument. But I think it's – I mean it's it's clearly political because the Democrats won an extra two senators. Yep. And, um, and it's clearly they're using the racial strife to suggest that this is an anti-black thing where it's not. It's It doesn't matter what the population of Washington is. It's not supposed to be a state. I mean it's just – you know, but, th- but that's that, – that's what – the House this morning. Did it pass the House? Yeah, I saw the House was going to pass it, but you know – and if you get a if you get a Democratic Senate, what what happens there? I mean, they they need to pass an amendment though. They've got to do a constitutional amendment on it. They'll ne- they'll never get it. I mean, I can't imagine because the states have to ver- you know you have to get two thirds of the states. Um, I just can't imagine. I can't imagine them getting that because it's not set up that way. But you know. Yeah, but you know what? Of course, I guess they think of this as a win win. It's just having the fight in public, it looks like the Republicans are afraid. And the whole thing, it's just, there's no honor in any of this anymore. That's what's most discouraging, I think. Right. If you're, but you're, if you're a consultant on that side, you see a great opportunity because you sure. say you're disenfranchising a, a predominantly black city. And it's like that's, that's got nothing to do with it. It's like, like D, it doesn't matter who lives in D.C. That was, you know, as like we said before, expressly intended not to be a state. And um, but but they just you know people want to throw out the most elemental parts of our country, the basic building blocks, and that's um that's yeah that's I don't I don't think they win on that I really don't I think at the no. end of the day they don't win on that okay. you know I don't know who who am I who am I um how about on the COVID list what do you what do you think um like seeing all the states you know so many states backtracking 
are you concerned about it coming back where we are? And like, how do you see the fall developing? You're talking about health or political? I guess both. Uh, Either way, either way you want to go. Well, on the health front, you know, obviously there are dramatic rise in these cases. Different states have different responses to it, right, or explanations for it. Some are, I think, is Texas saying there's concentrated where the bars are. In Florida, it's another area. So there's that. I, what I guess what's a little bit comforting is that there hasn't been a spike in deaths, right? It's just diagnosed cases. And yeah, um, the folks who are um, being tested positive are the least vulnerable as far as other issues, right? They're younger, they're otherwise healthy and all of that. So we probably shouldn't be surprised. So I think what's really hard there is you this this whiplash for the businesses and just in, just in general for everybody, we're out, we're open, we're closed, we're open, we're closed. We're, I don't know how we're going to... Um, get to any get to any sort of sustained uh, normalcy anytime in the next couple of months with that right yeah um, yeah so there's that i think politically i think it's really tough i think it's tough all around but you know it's hard it's going to sound i don't know defensive as a republican and you know how i feel about the republican party but i it, it bothers me enormously that the media and the democrats are almost cheering at this kind of news rather than working together this is all about setting any Republican governor up for failure, setting the president up for failure. And uh, that, that troubles me as much as anything. What do you, yeah, I mean, you do start to see what news gets, gets chosen. I mean, as the, yeah. as the, um, the statues started coming down violently and a lot of the wrong ones, the news coverage shifted back to COVID and, you know, the numbers are there to warrant it, yep. but it was, it was, it, it seemed to me, it struck me as, you know, a little convenient perhaps. Well, um, where, are the, where are the stories on the billions of dollars in looting that went on, that that, that was a, like a one day thing. It was there were protesters were largely peaceful. There were a few outliers. We had some bad looters here, a couple of right. and then dead, gone. I'm telling you, I was in Boston, like I said on Saturday, and the consequences of what went down over those that sort of fateful weekend a few weekends ago are lingering. A lot of these businesses are not opening again, and that's gone yeah. in every major city across the country. Why isn't yeah. that a story? Yeah, I'm. I'm beginning to think. I mean, and we've talked a lot about this, but I'm. I'm beginning to to fall into the camp of of the long term damage of this is going to be greater than I thought it would be. It, it's if this just extends out and, and keeps going for another year or so. I mean, that's going to be. It's going to be really rough and changing habits. You know, travel habits. Even you know, I do think though, if a vaccine comes, I think people go back. But a lot of people smarter than I am. Um, think otherwise you know i saw airbnb ceo interviewed yesterday saying that they they think that this is um this is going to be a permanent change in how people travel how far they go and and that that type of thing on the on the politics though of the of the covid i do think the republican party needs to pivot i think yes the party party moved too far on the let's go out and you don't need to wear a mask and and those kind of things which are you know they're noble ideas and the rest of it but there's a freaking pandemic going on and and that's where I think the president is losing seniors, especially yes, because it is. looks like you don't care about them. You care about politics and your economy, you know, tie the economy and politics together because that's the best selling point. You know, it, it's more important than their lives. I think that's what's coming through. Yeah, I agree. And, and, it, and it's almost, it may be, I think the cake may be baked on that one. But I, if I were, you know, advising Republicans, and I am advising at least one, um, I'd say, you know, back off on that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you've got, you've got to show that you care. You, you know, first, you know, first and foremost health. 
Well, and also, you know, frankly, wearing a mask, it's not a violation of your individual rights. Why the emphasis is on that. Um, and, and it's also, you know, you want your, your, your individual freedom and your health and you want your economic freedom. These are not mutually exclusive. We could, let's be smart here, put on your mask and let's figure out what we're going to do about the economy. This is not one or the other. And somehow it got teed up that way. But of course, not somehow, <laughs> who knows? but I think, right. I think, it, I think it's really silly. Um, and more than silly, the, the, the political numbers are showing exactly what you just said. You know, you, you touched on the, the lagging you know, indicator on the, on the death rate. It is pretty interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that the, that the death rate is going to, you know, as, as, because I'm listening to bunch of you know so-called experts but they i think they're experts they say that the death rate is is coming it's just it is lagging and it's going to come but it is remarkable how low it is you know compared to the number of cases new cases yeah and and it, you see this thing this this thing keeps it's it's like shape-shifting the the virus and you know they'll keep learning new things about it and it keeps doing weird things do you see the story about the hallucinations do you see that one yesterday no i didn't there's a story that in like, you know, 70, I think it was like 75% of people who are intubated have like insane, insane, oh. like hallucinatory stuff where there's devils and demons. It was, I think it was a time story. Was it like, I mean, related people with COVID who were um, intubated, not just people? Not um, just- uh, pardon me. Yes. People okay. with COVID that were intubated okay. that, that they're, that there's experiencing crazy hallucinatory effects and and not pleasant ones, you know, very demonish and that kind of stuff. Oh. Um, and um, they went through. It was a pretty. It was a pretty thorough recounting of a lot of stories. But you know, people are tearing out their tubes like while they're unconscious. You know what I mean? Like they're going through you know kind of rough stuff and like you know they're, they're saying people are getting PTSD from from their um, hallucinations. And it, like you just keep hearing the different you know different effects of this thing and different. It just seems to be a really kind of weird and unusual virus and someone who knows nothing about viruses. Um, you know, I was always, you get Lysol and it's gone, but this one seems to be a little special. No question about it. And you know, I don't, people are not going out and about, even though businesses are open, there is, their dining's going on. I don't know where you are in the, t- in, in um, my town in large one. We just take out. Yeah. Is no, it's actually, you know, people are out, but they're not, they're not dining inside. So they're dining outside, but they're not shopping. There's a big difference. And I think it's going to be a long time. And we, whether it's when there's a vaccine or several vaccines that come out, um, if that's what it's going to take for people to feel comfortable. But I think these, like you said, the, the longer term consequences and the deeper consequences of this have yet to be felt because even though the governor might in your state might say business is open or it's phase three, you could have 10 people in the store at a time or whatever. The response by the general population has not been yippee, I'm shopping. I'll go out. That's right. People are That's right. really reluctant to be out in a store. And I don't think people trust what, what's coming down from the top. Yes. Like I, like I no longer totally do. I'm not saying that they're trying to mislead me. I, I just don't, I just think they don't know yet everything. And, um, yeah, I, I think, I think that's right, Liz. I mean, also they talk about schools like in, you know, here in New York, they're, you know, they're, they're, they haven't put out clear guidelines for the fall, but I, I don't think school's going back in. I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, if it's, if this thing's kicking up around the country, it's going to cycle back here. Well, so exactly. And so I was just talking to someone who was in Virginia, who's got kids in Fairfax County. And then I also was reading the new guidelines in Massachusetts for going back to school. And in Virginia, the parents have an option. They can send the kids two days a week and do the rest online or do it fully online. 
The teachers have protested. They don't know how they're going to possibly manage that. And they don't feel safe being in the classroom. So right there, you've got a massive, and there are multiple teachers unions down there, but you've got a massive problem. In Massachusetts, um, you know, everyone back to school and it's limiting the number of kids in the classroom, desks facing forward. Everyone has to wear a mask over anyone older than second grade eat your lunch in your classroom and so on and so forth. But the big issue in both cases is public transportation and transportation yeah. period. People do not want to take the bus. They don't want to take the MTA or whatever your, you know, subway equivalent is. So how are we going to, how are parents going to feel comfortable sending their kids? The teachers are not willing to go under the current circumstances. I mean, it's a mess. It's a mess. And then you even see, you know, I don't mean to go into a downward spiral here, but what the hell, let's go for it. The you, you see the, um, you know, one of the drugs that's being you know produced now, not as a as a vaccine, but as a as an inhibitor, or, or you know, you speed your way through it a little bit more. I think it was FDA approved it a couple of days ago, and it's you know, it's more than three thousand dollars a dose. Yeah, and it's like you know, you think okay, you're going to get the vaccine, and then oh, we vaccine the, vaccinate the whole world. Easier said than done. You know what? What's it going to cost to vaccine to vaccinate a country? I mean, what if the vaccine is you know costs companies you know ten grand a pop, and you got three hundred thirty million people? Like you know, what I mean, who's going to pay for it? Like, how's it going to work? Um, it's you know, it's there's it, just a lot of questions. There's a lot there's of questions. A lot of questions. So, so do you think there's? Let's talk politics again for a minute. There would be great upside for either party, but let's talk about the Republicans since. They're the ones getting criticized the most um, to say, you know what? We're doing a full reset. We're doing a full reset. This is we're in this for the long haul. Here's the deal. Yes, we want to accelerate the opening of businesses safely. Yes, this matters. Yes, but that there's almost a um, just a full timeout that would give people some assurance that okay, I'm hunkered down. Because you know, I find Billy one of the reasons people aren't going out to shop, and I've just been doing my own little um, informal focus groups is. They've actually gotten used to being in their bunker. What do they really need? They want groceries. No one's going out buying a new dress. No one's buying a new purse. (laughs) Truly, I mean it. They're not. They're not really looking other than wanting to go out to eat. They're not, and obviously go to parks or go to their gym or exercise or whatever. They're not really looking for that other stuff. And I think um, acknowledging that in some way and sort of. I don't know. Giving people well, it, it's it's a, such an interesting point. Yeah, because yeah, because to some to some extent, you you could see that as a as a positive. You know, we've become an over materialistic society, and not to get too heavy, but but that's happened to us. You know, we become a like an instant gratification nation. And but to the same extent, if people stop buying those things, the economy could tank over decades. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean that's what that drives the economy. Those purchases that drives the economy. But you're right. It's happened with everybody. Exactly. You know what I mean? I'll, you know, I'll buy the occasional thing on Amazon, but not really. You know what I mean? I had a you're computer that died. I had to buy another one, you know? You're in your bunker and people are kind of – then you get used to – it's like Stockholm Syndrome. Truly, you get used to your bunker. Why do you – you really don't want a lot of outside influences. You don't – there's all that. People, I think, miss seeing their friends in person, but I don't know that they miss running out to a store all afternoon. Yeah, yeah. So – Maybe there'll be an emergence. Listen, there. What will drive? What could drive the market is biotech, right? Major yep. firms, you know, sort of reimagining how we live our lives. Like, what's the next thing that we're all going to want? What's the next home convenience? That's what people should be developing. Yeah. No. That that that's you. You're absolutely right. You're 100 percent right. How to better connect people 
to make it as easy as possible in, in houses. Yeah. Um, but but, but I, I didn't answer your question about the um, – which was a great one about should, should the Republicans reboot. I think definitely. I just wouldn't call it a reboot. Let the press say that. Right, right. But, but there should be the you know the big plan coming out. I mean obviously we wouldn't call it that. But but yes, I, I think 100%. Like you know just you know a, a, a flexible plan for going forward, um, a very positive Reagan-esque, we're going to get through this. Like you you open with that assertion. We're going to get through this, but this is what we're going to have to do, you know? Yeah, this is what we're going to do. Well, I think that baseball couldn't come <laughs> any sooner. I know that the uh, the commissioner and the players, everyone's taking a beating for this back and forth and negotiations about games and paying and all that. But ultimately, Billy, don't you feel like the first pitch, you're going to be glued to your TV set, whether there are fans in the stadium or not? You don't care if they even pipe in fake background yes. news? Yeah, I think. And are, are you convinced that it's actually going to happen? No, no, I'm not. No, yeah. Are you? I mean, yes. I, I, I said you yes are. on the last show. I said yes without even thinking. Yeah. And then they announced it and I thought, great, I was right. You know what I mean? <laughs> but now with COVID coming back, I'm not convinced of it. Well, I'm not convinced any sports are coming back. Well, because they can't control it, right? I mean, they, they, their intentions, they, they're planning for it. They've got their, their quarantine stuff set up, their travel, you know, arrangements, Uh done to you know accommodate all of the covid issues but yeah. but, no, but but they can't control it. there's an outbreak in tampa what's gonna happen to the tampa rays they can't they're not they're not disqualified or immune from having to um you just can't right you can't, you, can't. What, you know I, you know uh, what about boxing i haven't heard any like boxing things I mean, boxing, boxing, you, boxing you have a referee and you have two people in the ring and a couple of ring people you know um but but i'm not convinced i, I agree with you liz on on, on baseball or or you know, certainly, I mean, baseball is probably a little bit better or easier to do than basketball because you're not in each other's faces as much. But it's um, but they're they're all you're all sharing germs, you know, wh- yeah. wherever you are. You think the fans are going to be there to watch at home? At home, I, I yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think you know everybody's watched everything that's possibly available on television. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how um, like how Netflix has done. I. I had heard that they 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 had dropped in market share a few like a couple of weeks ago, but I find that hard to believe. Well, you know, I um, heard of maybe two months ago that that was going to happen. Or the prediction was because they haven't been able to produce anything new, so that the production that's probably that's right. This is a forecasting of basically, yeah, you know, um, they they their ratings or their viewer viewership has probably been higher than it ever in recorded history. But now, what are they going to do three months from now? They haven't been able to produce anything. That's right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to bummed out if the succession doesn't come back soon. Though I'm dying to see season two of that. <laughs> that the, you know, have you seen that? Succession? Yeah. No, I haven't. No. Well, you got. You got. Okay, there you go. Wait, wait. Did did I watch one episode? I think you, you may have mentioned that to me, and maybe I did. Yeah, it's sort of a take. Uh, sort of almost what the Murdoch family would be like. It's all. About- I did see. I did see. I saw a couple of episodes, and I forgot to keep watching. So. It's delicious. Yeah. You have to watch it. It's so good. It's that yeah, it, was, it, it, it was very good actually. All yeah. the brothers and sisters going after each other. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Was- so I thought they were supposed to, you know, get back on the air in August, but I bet that's a pipe dream now. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's a pipe so, what, what do you make just going back to the politics? What do you make on the on the Senate? Like, I mean, uh, I'm, not, I'm not asking you to do the math on each race, but well, I've talked to someone who does do the math on each race very closely. Who t- recently who told me that it looks very bad for the Republicans. Yeah. Like there's virtually no way they're going to be able to keep it. Um, so I don't know how much of that they're going to blame on Trump. I don't know if Trump can get reelected without the Senate or vice versa. I don't have codependent or interdependent those um, 
those two are. But yeah, it looks bad. It looks Corey Gardner is down decisively right now in Colorado. Yeah. Um, Tom Tillis, I, I heard, is holding his own um, in, in North Carolina. Steve, Stephen Danes in Montana has a really tough race against Steve Bullock. So that's a seat they could lose. You know, very like yeah, as a governor, yeah, exactly. Crushed in Maine. Yeah. So. Um, and McSally is is right. McSally's a lost cause. I don't with, with Arizona going. Yeah, with COVID right, rise. completely. I have heard though from someone who's do, doing a lot of state polling in Arizona that the media is way overblown the idea that that Arizona is going blue for for Biden. That McSally's right. going to lose, but that Trump's numbers are much stronger than the press have reported out there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Florida- I mean, potentially, potentially, the best thing that, that Mitch McConnell ever did was um was not get rid of the filibuster. Yeah, you're absolutely. You know, you're absolutely right. I mean, you talk about statehood for DC or anything else the Democrats want. If they if they get a fifty fifty and a president, um, they can do anything, but with but not with the filibuster. Not with the filibuster. Have you been following? I've brought this up a couple times. Um, the um, Ed Markey Joe Kennedy race. Uh, I, it's, it's funny. I, I saw a headline about it this morning, and I didn't read it. It was just one of a lot of headlines. What is going on with that? Well, so so Joe Kennedy, I think he's, this is his fourth term as a congressman. Very effective. He's from, sort of in the Newton area. Um, he's a, pro, was a former prosecutor. You know, real do-gooder. Very substantive. And Ed Markey's been in Congress since 1974. He is sitting. Um, he, I think this is his second. He's finishing his second term in the Senate, though. He was in the House for such a long time. So out of nowhere, Joe Kennedy launched a primary challenge to him. The Democratic Party apparently was furious. They don't need this aggravation on their hands. It's kind of like – And Joe Kennedy's attitude was because I – we need a new generation of leaders. This would be a generational thing. Now, he's not quite as left as AOC and – you know, his colleague, Ayanna Presley from up there. But his message was similar, right? We just need a new voice. So when you go down line, for line issue by issue, he and Marky are not that far apart. But there's a whole attitude and, and I guess a level of energy and also an impatience that Joe Kennedy has that's very appealing to some of the folks up in Massachusetts. He and Elizabeth Warren are really close. In fact, he was the first person to endorse Elizabeth Warren in the Democratic primary. Yeah, that would do it for me. Yeah. <laughs> so... Here we are, um, and Kennedy's raising money hand over fist. Obviously, his network is extensive. Mark is doing fine. He's holding his own. I think Mark has got about $4.5 million and Kennedy's got about $6 million. I think it's something like that. But Mark is panicking now. So he's got um, – the celebrities are all coming out now, Carol King and Jane Fonda. And I, I don't know how that helps someone. That's, to me, they're eight – frankly, no disrespect to Carol King. I love her music. But you don't need 75, 85-year-old people endorsing you – I, I want to show you. I agree. Legit. I mean, he's yeah, not yeah. green. He's got the environmental groups behind him. You know, he, he was the first one out on the Senate side, I think, for the Green New Deal. But Joe Kennedy's got a lot of energy behind him. And where? And when is the primary? By the way, in that, in that race, not to September. It's September. It's yeah. a late primary. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess one question I have, and I've been meaning to look this up, is if Kennedy loses in the primary, I guess he could still run for his old seat, or is it too late? You can't be on the ballot for two seats. You can't be in the ballot for two seats, right? So he would have given that up. He would have given that up. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, that's a big thing to give up. It's a big he thing to give up. Yeah. He in Massachusetts, I don't know. He's very popular up there. Yeah, it's a big. It's it's definitely a race to watch. It hasn't gotten as much publicity as you think it would. Just you think the Kennedy name would have driven it. And I'm sure in in Massachusetts, it's it's obviously big news or New England, but for the rest of the country, I mean, there's so many other things going on. I suppose. Um, you know, one thing we need to talk about before the the show's over 
is the Supreme Court. Yes. What do you what do you make? Have you seen the decision? Well, about the wall. No, no, no. This is the abortion decision. It came down a little while ago. We're taping earlier today, oh, and it yeah. came down that Roberts joined the liberals. It was a five four split, and they they struck down the abortion restrictions in um, Louisiana. Louisiana, yeah, yeah. yeah. Roberts, so it's giving the conservatives fits. Right, I had a feeling he was going to do it. I, I mean, not, not based on any intellectual thing, just just the way things have been going. But that's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a shock on the political right, certainly. It certainly is, and I also saw that the Supreme Court ruled that um, that you know Trump can build the wall, that it's not unconstitutional. I wouldn't even hear the case. Right, it was right. A challenge to his authority over being able to build the wall, but that's sig- far less significant than the abortion case. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And I guess there are other there are other abortion cases that they may they may weigh into, but this is certainly a big one. And and this was, but it's really not surprising because it was, it was based on the Texas law of whether you can require doctors to have to have admitting privileges at a local hospital in order to do an abortion. And the, uh, you know, Texas was overruled and and now Louisiana is. So, so I guess there was some writing on the wall for this one, but still people seem to be pretty shocked. Well, Billy, you wrote a beautiful piece for Newsday last week about protecting unborn children. Did it was it published? It was published. It was published. It took a few days, but but it got it got published. And I was expecting a lot of backlash um from people who typically read the column because I've probably a lot of Democrats around me, but no one just no one spoke to me for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was but basically the, the the point was I was trying to tie it to the um to the demonstrators, you know, tearing down statues and the rest of it. And it's you know, you imagine you know, is there, you know, is there going to be a day when, you know, the political left even decides that that, that human life is really important, <laughs> you know, yeah. preconception? And um, like, you know, everybody is so sanctimonious right now that they would have been perfect citizens during slavery or during other rough periods of history. And they're all pretty rough. You know, will they be judged one day for not having looked at the the 600,000 annual abortions in the country. And I think it's a question worth asking. And um you know you don't you don't want to think that way if you're if you're adamantly pro choice, but it's a legitimate thought, it's a legitimate question. And um you know pro lifers are ostracized, you know, always for for making an argument that science is backing up. I mean, you look at a 3D sonogram and you see babies smiling and laughing in the womb, you know, there's there's you know I mean you you see it, it's 3D and there's There'll you know probably soon be measurements, uh, uh, other kind of measurements that show that there's a sentient being in the womb, and to be able to you know the the Democrats keep pushing it out to nine months, no restrictions whatsoever. In New York did that last year; they got rid of all restrictions, and everybody cheered as though this was some you know some great victory. The Democrats they literally cheered on the floor, and you you were talking about potentially you know aborting a child a, a day before birth, and that you know. Come on, you know what I mean? Come on. So, so why isn't there more of a discussion about this, though? The hypocrisy from the Democrats around science and always criticizing the Republicans don't believe in science. They don't believe in science. They don't, they don't believe in climate change. Like, this is science, like you just said. We can. You want to debate choice? That's a whole right. separate moral discussion. But what about the yeah. science here? They can't. They don't answer. They won't address that piece of this discussion. They ever their default response to everything is, "Well, it's still my body. I get to do whatever I want." And the answer is, "Well, you actually don't. You don't get. That's not good enough, right? You get to murder your spouse, even though sometimes you might want to. You don't get to murder your next door neighbor for encroaching on your property. You don't get to murder a nine month old fetus. 
Right. And that's, you know, and, and you're not allowed to, to talk about that in the party. I mean, Bob Casey basically got drummed out of the Democratic Party. He was a pro-lifer from, from Pennsylvania. And you're not allowed to have this conversation. And, you know, for, for, the, for the liberals, it's that slippery slope thing. If we give on one thing, then they're going to erode the rights and take away everything and there won't be, you know, abortion will be outlawed. And, you know, you, you see that on the, on the right on, on various issues. But it, to me, it, I mean, it's so obvious. He, I mean, it, science is making it more and more obvious by the day. And, and, and this has been going on for, for years. I mean, you look at, you know, when they argue about, about um, you know, how many months you allow it and the rest of the stuff, um, the Democrats are always trying to expand it. And, you know, 22 weeks is a long time into a pregnancy. And it's like, and they, they won't even accept 22 weeks and it, it gets, it gets a little crazy, but, but, you know, but I, I wrote the piece both to make, both to make the point, but also because I did want, especially millennials to think, you know, you know, don't suggest that you're, you, that you have perfect clarity and that you're, you know, you're the most moral beings that ever, you know, landed on the planet. This is going on while you're tearing down statues of Andrew Jackson. And don't you know? Don't think that history may not look back at you one day and say, "What the hell were you thinking?" Well, well, I, I guess it's the, back to the media. I don't know why this doesn't get more consideration. I, I, I just don't. I, I mean, we, we, well, you, you can't talk about it. But even I won't name the papers. But even conservative newspapers have official policies where they they don't do the abortion debate. They don't touch it because they feel like they can't move the needle. You can't move them until they just don't want to go through it again because people are so emotional about it, I guess, or passionate about it. But it's – I mean I've talked to conservative publications say we don't do abortion. We'll write about anything. But we don't write about abortion. But you know, it's – we've talked about this privately ad nauseum and, and even on the show probably more than the listeners want to hear. But the hypocrisy again about this issue of choice, if that's really what this is about, um, is just – infuriates me. The Democrats aren't for choice for health care. They, they want Medicare for all, one option. You know, here's the government's going to tell you where to, you know, to they're not, they don't favor choice for school. They don't favor choice for me, on many, many issues. They think the government should, should decide, is in the best position to decide um, what we should all do. And yet when it comes to this particular issue, yeah, unbelievable. They are- and, the, and the, and the language isn't so important. I mean, the, you can't write pro-life in most newspapers. They have a policy saying I – mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. So so when Bill Weld was going to be running a, in a primary in New York, I got a call from the Wall Street Journal because they knew that I was not a, a huge fan of the incumbent president. And they said, why aren't you going for Bill Weld? And I said, I could never go for a candidate that supports abortion all the way up until birth. And so they they said – you know, O'Reilly said he wouldn't go go work for Weld – because he supports abortion rights. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's not what I said. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not what I said, but that's where they go. And that's where they go. And that was the Wall Street Journal. You know, imagine what the New York Times would do. Or, right, you know, right. Well, or you the know, Nation or, that, you know, Mother Jones. You know, years ago, I, I, I think it was, a, I don't know if it was George W. But it was it Pataki, I guess, Governor Pataki in New York, who said abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. It was, it was Clinton. It, it was Clinton. Clinton. And I actually thought that captured the, the, the thinking of, most people. Right? In fact, the pro-life groups that I've worked with were, were at least in New York, because they knew that abortion wasn't going to get rolled back. They were comfortable with that language. Correct. It was safe, legal, rare. Safe, legal, rare. The rare part being right, respectful of you know other options and education and blah 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 around the issue. Safe and certainly not criminalized. 
Certainly not. Yes. I don't know anyone who thinks it should be criminalized. No. So, no. um, but you know, the, I mean, there there is good news there. You know, for that topic in general, is, is that the 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 rate or the ratio of abortions and the number of abortions has decreased dramatically in the U.S. over the past twenty years. They are going. It was um, the numbers were well over a million. You know, million four, million five. I forgot the the peak of it, and it's now about six hundred thousand, which is you know, men, you know, obviously too many. But the um, the the trend is like this generation is is actually. Um, we don't know whether it's Plan B, but I don't think Plan B is used that much, or whether um, various contraceptions because of you know uh, because of uh, of you know sexual transmitted diseases, STIs, whatever you call them, um, STDs. Mm-hmm. Whether that's the factor, but there are many, many fewer abortions, and the trend has been working that way for for a while. So it's getting better. So that's you know that is some good news. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It's hard to know what to attribute it to. Again, is it? And on that one, if if I'm if I'm president or I'm a governor or, or something like that, it's you know I, I think that the that the, that that the right should should you know maybe pivot and maybe that will occur after the Supreme Court you know laws that they're not going to be happy with, but maybe you know how do you you know have enough and we're kind of adverse to giving away things and government, but how do you encourage life? You know, um, you know, first, you know, you could do tax incentives and you could do, how, you know, like someone who feels like they have no choice. Maybe there's a way to step in and give them a, another choice to have the baby. And maybe that's where the focus should be on, on, you know, on supporting young mothers that don't that don't have any help. Find a way to get them some help. And so, you know, you know, see if it's possible. One of the, the, all the issues, you know, that were raised with the separating families and the unaccompanied children, you know, could be minor children down at the border last year, um, that also came on the heels of real, um, massive voter turnout in 2018 by younger folks after the Parkland shooting and, you know, on gun safety. And again, basically all the, both of those issues being around the sanctity of life, right. And protecting yeah. families and protecting the most vulnerable. It just doesn't add up to me. So I know I'm beating this horse, but it just it makes me sick. Yeah, I, I saw before we went on the show. I saw a, a photograph on the cover of one of the papers, or and it was someone holding up a, a sign for NARAL, National Abortion Rights Action League. NARAL holding up a sign saying "Abortion is a human right," and it's like, are you really holding that sign up? <laughs> abortion is a human right, and so there's no irony in that sign, you know. It, but it's, it's, yeah, it's baffling. It is baffling. It is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, let's go back to politics for a second. You think um, so? Barack Obama's been out front. A lot in the last ten days for Vice President Biden, right? He did a virtual fundraiser. Yep. He's putting out statements pretty regularly about the president, the current president. Um, you think he's a big factor going forward? No, I think he's. I think he's making a mistake if he wants to elect Joe Biden. I think. I mean, there are a lot of people who are not Obama fans out there, and um, and you know, it's now people have this like starry eyed thing that Obama was a great, you know, this great president. He wasn't. And so I'd be I'd be careful there. I, mean, I could see him raising money for Biden and doing and doing you know some limited appearances, but I don't think he wants to be out there that much. It might take unless they're concerned about black vote. You know, if that's the case, then their pollsters are, are requesting it. But you know, we're not privy to, to the to that data. But um, I don't think he wants to go out there too far. What, what's your thought? Well, maybe they're um, he's doing it now for you know well in advance of the election. 
So use them now, raise money, keep these younger voters energized because I think the the twenty somethings love Obama. Love. They think he's a god. Yeah, yeah. He's a god. And so this is, you know, this whole idea that Biden's seventy seven and no one really cares, and he's not psyching up the base. Well, never mind the base. It's like not even new younger voters. That that's probably why they they're maybe that's why the timing of this is is now, and also that the Democrats see that tr- tr- the Republicans are really struggling, and Trump's down in the polls. So you know, you know, step on that while they can, rather yeah. than waiting too long. So I guess in that sense, it makes sense. But I agree with you completely about. Um, Obama being not that popular for moderate voters and for Republicans who are potentially going to cross over to Biden. A reminder, Barack Obama is not going to help them pull the lever for Joe Biden. Right. So I mean, it, yes, that's right. I mean, there was a like point where stay home. there was a point where Obama was so weak. I, I actually wrote a column saying, leave Obama alone because he's so he's so like desperately weak and has no idea what he's doing, that it's bad for the country. He need, We've got to let him recover because he's the president. Like, like I thought he was spiraling so out of control at one point. I mean, people look back and they see they see something that 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 I don't think was there. But um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, you know, obviously they're doing it. You know, they, there's internal reasons for it. So I, I guess it makes sense. But I think we only have about a few seconds left. Any any uh, great final thoughts? Um, what's going on with <laughs> so like Joe Franklin? Any anecdotes? The conventions are, are the Democrats still going to go to Milwaukee? It seems like the most. I think I understand they're doing a virtual convention. Yeah, is where they're is where they're pushing it. And then is Florida done for the Republicans? Is that is that actually Jacksonville? Yep. So I think they're going to in Charlotte, in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, they're going to do some of the backroom stuff, right? All the platform stuff. But any public front facing woo-ha is going to happen in Jacksonville, Florida. I think it's a mistake. I think it's it's a mistake. Well, it's hard to it's hard to predict too what's going to be going on down there in August with the coronavirus. Yeah. You think it's a mistake because the scene of the seniors being so vulnerable and uh, I think a mistake is it, it it looks reckless. I, th- I think it looks reckless health wise, and I don't think the party can afford to look reckless right now. I think that's I think that's you know that's semi baked in as we said before. So, yeah. um, but we'll see. I mean, they make the decisions. I, I don't, but we'll see. Yeah. Do you, and um, what about Biden? When's Biden's um, target date for pick announcing his VP? Do you know? I think just before the convention is the like that's the that's the only I mean I think there's no set date for it so I guess it's probably going to be just before that and I don't know where that's going I, I haven't liked Val Demings you know I thought she was a, a likely one and she still may be but she's hewing a little bit more to the left than than I I think she should but maybe that's you know who knows I mean I think that's wide open the last few stories I've seen have shown that it's really Warren, a Warren Harris process. oh Warren Harris yeah yep yep. God, I'd take Harris over Warren, and I'm not a Harris fan. You know, her uh, meaning that you could live with it if they got elected. I, I uh, over Warren, over Warren, yeah. Well, and I think Warren's riskier for Biden in in that I, I know a lot of Republicans who would never vote for any ticket that had Elizabeth Warren. Oh, totally. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's crazy, uh, especially, especially with Joe Biden's Biden condition. Really well in the uh, on the dem- with the Democrats, and she raises it. Yeah, money. Yep. and she raises money. Yep, but I think I think we're out of time though. We are. Thanks, everyone, for joining us this week. We wish all of you a safe and healthy and happy July 4th weekend. And we plan to be back on the air again next Monday, July 6th. Am I right? 6th, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Same bad time, same bad channel. Stay healthy, Billy. Happy 4th, everybody.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.